Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Innovative Economy, where we discover the future of money, markets, and payments, and how to thrive, not just survive, in the changing economy. I'm your host, Lori Souza, and today we're going to look at technology and money, the two types of technology and money that's in existence right now. So the centralized and decentralized, those are the two types, and we're going to look at, let's start with centralized. We all are aware of the centralized banks. We're all aware of the centralized organizations in our internet. The internet is a centralized database. So when you're entering information on Google or on Facebook or Amazon, any of your information, what is happening is you're giving your information away. So to the central authorities, And when you give your information away, well, it's valuable. It has a value. What it does is allow for all the advertisers to find out information about you and sell that information about you so that they can actually make money by target marketing you on the internet. Okay, so when you look at the internet, it is a centralized database. And when the internet was created, and became mainstream in the late 90s, what happened was everybody thought it was going to speed up the way that we did transactions and speed up the way that we we took care of business and solve a lot of problems. And, And that it did. It did solve a lot of problems. But one thing the internet did not consider was the individual. So it did consider the corporations with mega dollars to actually make money off of the individual's data. A lot of you are finding ways to go online without your data being taken or used or marketed or target marketed. And there's a lot of different uh, options now uh, that you can use for browsing. Uh, But the internet, again, it's a centralized system. So let's look at the money. Money right now is centralized. All money is under government control. So the dollar, the U.S. dollar, it is pegged as the international dollar for business. What we see is the centralized banks and the centralized authorities are making money off of individuals' money. Every time you make a deposit into the bank, the bank owns that money. Uh, Let's say you make a $1,000 deposit into the bank, only 10% of that stays in the bank and then the rest of it moves along and is invested by investors. They call that the secondary market. The secondary market is where the Federal Reserve Bank actually works with private investors to actually make money off of other people's money who use the central banking authority. If you have a bank account, then you actually are investing in the central banks. And I'm not sure if you've noticed, but with all the shortages at the store, one way to find out how the dollar is doing is inflation. Probably notice the inflation if you've been out of toilet paper and when you go to the store or you go to try to find a can of Lysol, those products have actually gone up in price considerably since there's been a shortage. Now, that's not just due to the shortage and the demand. It's also due to inflationary pricing. In this downturn economy, our prices are going to continue to go up. 
And so when we see this inflationary pricing and we see less income, which is happening to over 20 million Americans right now, prices controlled by central authorities and the centralized banking system. Now, what's happening is the stock market's going up. This is a variable that's very different economically than what we've seen in the past. Normally, when we see a tough time, a recession or a beginning of a depression, the stocks have plummeted. But we see the secondary market is actually moving the stock market up. What that does is it allows you as the primary market, the individual who walks into Charles Schwab or Fidelity and invests your money in the stock market, now you have more faith in the stock market. Prices drop, individuals lose their money, but the companies retain their money and their earnings. That's a little bit about the centralized and that's what's going on. And that's the system we're in today. Now we have a new technology, a new disruptive financial technology that's at play. And this is referred to, I like to call it community money. These items were introduced in the last recession, the great real estate recession of 2007, 8, and 9. And during that time, there were over 900 banks in the U.S. closed their doors. and people were left with having to rebuild their lives because their values of their properties had dropped considerably. Their income had dropped considerably. And we saw a huge transfer of wealth at that time when the central bank covered a lot of the large corporations' earnings by bailing out these corporations to keep them going and kept funding these organizations. When we look at the decentralized system of blockchain technology, now an individual's information is private, but it doesn't change. It is a ledger system or a transaction that is logged. It's permanent and it's up to the individual parties whether they want to make it public or not. Certain pieces of that transaction is up to the individual parties whether they want to make that private or public. Now we are considering the individual in a decentralized system. It is a personalized transaction. It's personalized technology. So when I say community money or community technology, individual transactions and individual information is now considered highly valuable and at the choice of the individual, whether they share their information or not in a transaction. So I'm gonna give you an example on a decentralized system for a transaction. Let's say that a semi-truck comes and delivers to Walmart. That semi-truck now using blockchain technology can log where his shipment came from, it can be public, and then the person receiving that shipment can actually announce who brought those goods and where they were brought from. And why is that good? Why is that transparent transaction good? It's good for the individual, especially when we're tracking viruses, bacteria, and disease, for those transactions to be accounted for in where they're coming from 
and it's publicly known and individuals will be able to see that transaction using blockchain technology. So right now, Walmart already uses this technology in order to track their transactions. Now let's look at decentralized money. This is considering the individual. As you rely on your neighbors, your family, and your community more, then you can use community money. You can create your own coins. You can create your own ecosystem based around a decentralized system which is really exciting because what that does is it gives you more control over how much money you have. And if you're able to visualize uh, the possibility of creating as much money as you'd like through a decentralized system and your neighborhood, then that's a possibility using decentralized digital currencies. Think about it as bartering. Back in the olden days, individuals would go to their neighbor and barter goods and services for goods and services. So if somebody was growing a garden full of onions, maybe they traded their onions for somebody who was growing a garden full of beets. Think about this with your own coins and your own cryptocurrencies, which are able to be created right now. Thank you for listening. I appreciate it. We'll see you soon. It's going to have to be a different man. Change me